Good morning, Steve Dale's Pet World on WGN. I've got good news for you. You can take your dog on a cruise on the Chicago River. Really fast one. It's a boat called the Sea Dog. But before you do that, protect your dog against heartworm, against fleas, against ticks. And we have an expert to tell us why and what's happening in Chicago regarding all of that. It's big news. Dr. Rick Marinson is here, board member of the Companion Animal Parasite Council. And alert, alert, alert! Fleas are everywhere in Chicago. Apparently, Dr. Marinson, we have a flea problem. Who doesn't? Time of year. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the fleas are definitely uh, a example of a parasite that is driven by the environmental conditions. So they require a very specific temperature and humidity to really thrive. And once those conditions exist, boy, the populations of fleas can just absolutely explode. Well, the Companion Animal Parasite Council is warning Chicagoans and people who live in the surrounding suburbs that this year, what do you call it, a a red flag or something, that we're under high alert for fleas? So, um, again, once those environmental conditions kick in, it can be terrible. And I think what happens to a lot of the northern climates... Chicago would be a good example. You often have such harsh winters that people think that a parasite like a flea is not going to survive that. But the reality is, based upon how their life cycle works, they have a state they're in a cocoon. And once they're in that cocoon, they are not killed by heat, by cold, by light. You know, nothing kills them. And they're just waiting until the conditions are correct. They emerge out of those cocoons. They find your pet. Populations just go crazy. Well, you know, they go crazy if we allow it to go crazy, which we'll talk about in a moment. But the reason why they're going crazy, you said environmental conditions. It has been raining, I think, every day in Chicago. I mean, really, we've had a record amount of rain or near that in April and May. And June hasn't exactly been dry. So does that have something to do with all of this? Absolutely. So, again, they like a a specific amount of temperature and humidity of the perfect environmental conditions usually exist inside of our homes as well. So even though you may pick up fleas in the outdoors, once they bring them inside, that combination of temperature and humidity is about where we like our houses as well. And so once they're inside the house, that can become an infestation too. Uh, Here's a stupid question, but I'll ask anyway, because I ask those, why don't we want fleas? Why don't we want fleas? So, yeah, yeah, as if they're not gross enough already, just (laughs) the fact that you've got bugs. Fleas are a major issue for our pets for a couple of reasons. Number one, lots of skin-related problems. Dogs can actually become allergic to the saliva of the flea, so that even the fleas can trigger a major medical dermatology problem for your dog, number one. Number two, they are vectors for certain diseases. They carry tapeworms from dog to dog. And while tapeworms are not exactly the most pathologic of parasites, it totally grosses people out when they see these little maggot-like things coming out of their dog's bum. So, number two, and then number three, there is a disease called Bartonella, and it's actually the cause of cat scratch fever, and it's carried from animal to animal by fleas, and therefore then can 
affect the people in the family as well. So again, if fleas are not just gross enough as a parasite, they are the vectors of important diseases as well. And here's what a lot of people do. They go to the pet store and they look for a product maybe on sale, or they look for a product that says all natural, or they look for a product that has a picture of their favorite breed on the packaging. Uh, To my way of thinking, none of those are ways we should ever consider or going online and doing the same, even if you have a coupon. That is not how we should choose our flea or tick protection. I would totally agree. I've been in practice, Steve, for 37 years, and the changes in how we manage parasites over that period of time, it is like night and day, and there's new technology coming all the time. Things that worked even 20 years ago are really not that effective today. And the only way that a real consumer can keep up with that is to consult with your local veterinarian. They're going to be the expert about what is the current best medical recommendations on controlling parasites and fleas. And in addition to that, I mentioned ticks. So I want to talk about those buggers a little bit as well. You know, people think I live in the big city. Perhaps you do. Ticks aren't an issue. Well, is that true? No, it's it's really not. The ticks are always on the move. At, at the Companion Animal Parasite Council, we have a saying, and that is that parasites are dynamic and ever-changing. And well, that's not exactly a... Uh, historically, yeah, and watch these things moving, they absolutely can come into urban areas, um, into anybody's home, on anybody's pet. And so just because you might live in a more urban area, if you take your dog for a walk around the block, you are at risk. It's not exactly a catchy phrase, but nevertheless, if that's what you guys say, that's what you guys say. That's okay. (laughs) You know, the thing is about, again, going to a pet store, I don't want to uh, harp on this, but you see on the packaging the problem with getting tick protection there. It may not protect against the ticks that are in your geographic area, for starters. Well, and a lot of it comes down to, uh, again, more the advances in technology. What, what we have found is that products that worked a while ago may not work as well today, and then typically what happens is companies will begin to take those less effective products that veterinarians may not be recommending anymore, and they put them over the counter. And while you know, they might have some effect. They're not going to be the most effective. And these are, you know, ticks are terrible parasites. They carry a lot of diseases. You don't want to mess around. These are things that are contagious to your pets, to your people. Um, you want the best protection you can get. And that's where, again, I would encourage people to consult with your veterinarian. That They are going to be the expert in your area and what's going to work best in your situation. PetDiseaseAlerts.org for more information. When we come back, we'll talk heartworm disease, and then we'll talk about how you can take a boat ride on the Chicago River and a really fast ride with your dog. From the Companion Animal Parasite Council, what a fun group that must be. Dr. Rick Marinson is here. What is the Companion Animal Parasite Council? Well, first of all, we are a fun group. (laughs) <laughs> and secondly, I'm sure, yes. uh, Companion Animal Parasite Council, or what we often refer to as CAPC, is a nonprofit organization comprised of veterinary parasitologists, veterinary practitioners, and then we have a few other categories, a veterinary technician, we've got a public health veterinarian, 
And what we do is meet to help create guidelines, standards, educational information for both practicing veterinarians as well as the pet-owning public. So you had mentioned, you know, the pet parasite, or excuse me, petdisealerts.org. This is a great, really informational website that CAPSI has developed where you can look up diseases like heartworms or tick-borne diseases or fleas, and you can zero down right to your county level to see at any point in time what is the current forecast, and, and it truly is a forecast. We're not reporting, in this case, what happened last month. We knew what's going to be happening in the month coming up. And it's updated monthly. It's a forecast to tell you what the risk is and how that compares to historical data for your area. So instead of saying partly cloudy chance of rain, you say partly cloudy chance of fleas. Uh, or Correct. you say heartworm is coming. Now, heartworm is spread by mosquitoes. Mosquitoes occur around water. We've had a record amount of water going into the summer. Does this impact how much heartworm you predict us happening in the Chicago area? Yeah. So in the next 30 days, what we're expecting in Cook County and, and surrounding areas there for Chicago, the heartworm forecast, the risk is considered to be very high. Now, it looks like right now it's fairly typical to historical standards, but it will be really interesting with all the rain you've had to see what happens by the time to, say, August. And, and these rainy months now result in a big surge of mosquitoes. What happens now to that forecast? So it's really important to stay up to date with it, and that's what makes these forecasts amazing. They're updated monthly, and they are extremely accurate. And I should point out the website that we're talking about, PetDiseaseAlerts.org, is free, which is my favorite word. Heartworm protection is not free, and some people say, well, you know, it's not going to happen to me. And maybe it won't happen to you, but the problem is if it does, talk about how it impacts dogs, and by the way, cats as well. Oh, thank you for saying that. So, yeah, the heartworm itself, the adult heartworm, it's literally a worm, 6 to 12 inches long. It generally resides in the heart and the lungs of dogs, are the primary host. Those adult heartworms release a little baby worm called a microfilaria that circulates in the bloodstream, and that's what's picked up and made from animal to animal by mosquitoes. And if you are not a dog or a cat, you can still get exposed to heartworms. I can tell you that many of your listeners themselves, the people, have been exposed to heartworm disease. What? And if you're not the right host, typically it's just going to die in your skin. But if you're a dog and this thing is allowed to mature into 10, 12, 20 worms living in the heart, you can imagine the damage that that's going to cause. In cats, the disease is slightly different. Cats have this huge immune reaction against that thing, and what it creates is this major inflammatory process in the cat. And repetitive exposure year after year after year, it oftentimes begins to show up as asthma symptoms in cats. So any pet, dog, cat, 
indoor, outdoor is at risk of heartworm disease and should be on protection all year long, and what, even in the winter months, because those mosquitoes can overwinter inside your homes. And what you're referring to with cats is heartworm-associated respiratory disease. Uh, in in dogs, at least there's a treatment, but even treated, there's permanent damage that's been done. The treatment's expensive. It's arduous for the dog. It's I I it's not at all chemotherapy, but I describe it as such as you know, the treatment is no fun, you know, that's an understatement if you know someone or maybe yourself have had cancer, right, and you undergo that treatment, one could argue it's as bad as the disease in some ways. And the same is true for treatment for heartworm in dogs. and cats, the problem is there is no treatment. There is no treatment for cats, and um, even the testing on cats, while we can test them that can indicate whether they have been exposed to heartworms, being exposed and having heartworm disease are not necessarily the same thing. So cats are very, very problematic with this. With dogs, yes, the effects of the medication are pretty harsh, and how well an animal can go through it will be dependent upon how many heartworms they have at the time and how long they have been infected. So annual testing should absolutely be a primary part of your pet's care caught early, your chances of treating it are better. But prevention is the key. I yep. mean, if you prevent, then you don't have to worry about it. So, so the key thing is being on prevention, dogs and cats, year-round, regardless of what you perceive their lifestyle. One heartworm can be terrible if you're a chihuahua. Yeah, right, so yeah. so everybody should be on medication and should stay on it all year long. And uh, what we didn't mention, I don't think, is uh, heartworm disease is the second most often cause of sudden death in cats. So uh, when the cat dies, there's no there's no chance of doing anything else. PetDiseaseAlerts.org. Yeah. PetDiseaseAlerts.org. Dr. Marinson of the Companion Animal Parasite Council. Thank you so much. Thank you. Grace Fuller is the general manager of City Cruises Chicago. I love the notion of taking well-socialized dogs anywhere that is appropriate for the dog to go. It turns out one of those city cruises welcomes dogs. You do that, do you not, Grace? We absolutely do. We're very happy to have our guests bring their dogs on board with us. On board specifically the sea dog, correct? Yes. So tell me about the yeah, tell me about the sea dog. Yeah, we have lake cruises and we have river cruises. Our lake cruises are speedboat rides. Um, that travel to the south end of the uh, lake, north and east, and give a little narration while they do it. And then our river cruises, our architecture river cruises, that take you down the Chicago River with um, some interesting facts along the way. And your dogs are welcome on both. You know, I uh, did a TV segment about uh, a year ago, not quite, just under a year ago, with Roz Varon for Channel 7. It was I a, remember. Yeah, it was a dog-friendly Chicago thing, and... We took her dogs, her amazing whippets out there, out on the sea dog. You know, uh, but whippets are just big enough. Do you have a size limit so the dog doesn't blow away? Because the sea dog goes really fast. <laughs> we do not have a size limit. We leave that up to the uh, the owner of the animal to determine how best to handle them on the cruise. And um, we we've had pretty good success with that. Um, You've not lost the, the dog. That's a good thing. How fast does the sea dog go? It really is. It's an exhilarating ride. Yeah, it goes about um, 15 knots. Well, what, the, is, what does that mean? Uh, about 50 miles an hour, if I'm not mistaken. Well, that's pretty fast. 550? 
Yes. So hold on to your dog. Hold on to your hat. The great thing is, though, this is a dog-friendly venture, and I love the idea of doing those. Again, the dog has to be well-socialized. Not all dogs would appreciate a ride on the sea dog. Many dogs would, though. It would just be fun for those dogs. Now, to get onto the sea dog, where do you find the sea dog, and how much money are we talking about? We are located on Navy Pier. Can't miss us with the red and yellow boats on Navy Pier. Um, the cruises range anywhere between $25 and $75, kind of depending on the day, the week, at the time, um, and the cruise type. And what is the admission for dogs? Dogs ride free. What? Dogs ride free every day. You just said my favorite four-letter word. I love that. <laughs> Grace Fuller, City Cruises, thank you so very much. I should say City Cruises Chicago. Thank you so very much. And you will see myself, my wife Robin, and we'll hold on tight. She's only nine pounds. Our dog Hazel at some point during the season on the Sea Dog. Thank you. We look forward to it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Illinois was the fifth state to say no dogs or cats can be sold at pet stores. And now, exciting news. New York State has become the sixth state. We're counting them down, right? One by one by one. As other states are considering the same. In New York, they've banned not only dogs and cats being sold at pet stores, but also rabbits being sold at pet stores. What this is really about, if you don't know, is no responsible breeder ever, let me say that again, ever sells to a pet store. A response, I've never met or even heard of a responsible breeder ever doing that. And New York State, that is so cool for a long list of reasons. The size of the state, for one thing. Uh, Also, and this is somewhat interesting to talk about, there are 80 pet stores, retail pet stores in New York State that will be affected by all this. Now, I don't want to see pet stores go out of business. I, I truly don't. But they should not be selling dogs and cats. They should not be promoting puppy mills because these animals are from, if they're not from responsible breeders, they're from irresponsible breeders, right? And they are more than just irresponsible. They are from large commercial facilities. Now, some of these large commercial facilities are kind of a mystery. I don't know much about them. And nobody does. That's the thing. Why don't we? Why is there zero transparency? But the others are clearly awful. They're puppy mills. And we know about those. And they're horrible. I mean, it's just as bad as you've seen on TV or have read about in newspapers or magazines. Actually, it's worse than that because in a newspaper or magazine, you can't smell that smell I've smelled because the urine is never cleaned up. I mean, it's it's horrible that dogs that – I mean, in this nation, more than half the people that have a dog share their bed with a dog, right? Well – It's amazing to me to comprehend or try to get my head around the fact that we allow puppy mills to exist. So one way to stop that pipeline is what 400 cities around America have done, many counties and now six states, saying no dogs or cats can be sold at pet stores in our state. And New York State added rabbits as well as many communities, including Chicago, actually have done. In Chicago, if you don't know it, is one of those cities. Illinois is one of those states. And other states considering this include Pennsylvania, 
where there happen to be many puppy mills, as well as New Jersey, as well as Florida, where many cities in Florida, many cities have already said no dogs or cats can be sold here. In Texas, every major city has said that. So Texas could be next. It's coming. It's coming. And I love it. No dogs, cats, or rabbits sold at pet stores in New York. We'll talk to you bright and early next week right here on WGN.